0: hey traders david frost my strategic forecast you're here for another episode of common sense market analysis today is tuesday september 27 2022 we're looking at a daily chart of the spy or spider which is the proxy for the s&p 500 what do we have on the docket today the setup is rather simple they're hovering around the june lows Today, they finally breached, did not close below, but did breach the June lows. So here we are. The low was 362.17. We talked about it last night. Today's low happens to be exactly 360.87. One of our numbers that we talked about inside the numbers today was exactly 361. They spiked it, they reversed back up, and they closed below the June low. So here's the setup. There's a bounce coming, it's just a matter of from where. Remember, we're on an on-time type of situation. Now, this on-time type of situation doesn't necessarily mean today, we talked about it last night, doesn't necessarily mean tomorrow. But it does necessarily mean it's got to happen for the most part during this week or right after this week. Meaning, Friday's going to be basically the final day If the market doesn't bounce next week, and it doesn't have to be Monday, but if it doesn't bounce next week and they continue lower, then the on-time type of situation is going to morph into something else because the dominant thing would be drawing price down. And we're going to discuss three different price levels that we should expect based on three different type of market schematics. We're going to talk about the normal. That's coming up shortly. We're gonna talk about the mid range, and then we're gonna talk about the flush the toilet price. That'll all become clear in a few moments. We really need the weekly chart or greater because you can't see anything on the daily chart. They're already almost off the page. So here we have this elusive 200 period moving average. They just refuse to go get it. The longer they take to go get it, the more the market, or Mrs. Market, I should say, is telling us that that's not really the final destination. Well, we know it's not the final destination anyway. The market's not going to make a final low within a few points of here. It can make an interim low within a few points of here, and therein lies our first price or normal price where it's a near-term price where we could get a bounce type of operation, a rescue attempt type of operation. The defense should be coming out on the field. So the near-term price objective where we could get a bounce is, they come into the 200 period moving average, they spike it through a little bit, they begin to turn around, and they start a bounce type of operation. And by the way, if the bounce type of operation entailed a squeeze operation, where they start to issue a series of pies in the face, a conveyor belt full of pies in the face, how high could they take the market? They could easily go up to 250 handles in a flash, 20, 25 S&P handles from wherever they make the low. That's basically where we are. Big swings in both directions, and we will eventually get another rip-your-face-off rally. And regardless of what you call them, we're talking about a low here to high here, that's a nice rally. Low here to high here, that's a nice rally. Low here to high here, that's a really nice rally. You're going to get another one. You're going to get a series of additional rallies along the way. That's what happens in a bear market. They flush the market, then they snap back. Then they flush it further, then they snap back. When they snap back, what they're doing is... They're leading the unassuming investors and traders to believe that the low is made. They suck them in, not necessarily at the bottom, but they suck them in more closer to the end of the rally. That creates the squeeze operation. Buying begets buying, that whole story. And then they hit an overhead resistance point, and then they start the whole process of going down lower all over again. That's the definition of lower highs. Coupled with lower lows. That's what a bear phase is. We're in a bear phase. Write that down. Put it on a sticky note. So near term, it's the 200 period moving average. But if they spike it by a lot, what's that next price? Well, we know the next price starts to get to the big fat round number, the unfinished business, just north of 350. So now we're getting stretched a little bit, and we start to get into that mid-range. They start getting below 350, they're going to run to complete the target from the head and shoulders pattern that we've been talking about for a long time. The minimum target we're going to call it is 342. They're likely to go lower than that if they're down there. Put that on the same sticky note. Now to flush the toilet bowl price, and this is just on this particular run, if they made it to, and I'm talking about over the next several days The next week or so, if they continued down and they got to 337.70, write this one down also, 337.70, that's another area where you're likely to have a snapback ensue or at least a bull bear battle begin around that level. There's another price slightly lower than that, but that's a really important spot. Start getting much below that and we're on to the next video. We don't need to go there tonight. By the way, I must make mention, this line has been on the chart. This 318.92 has been on the chart for two years. Why is it on the chart? It's unfinished business, and at the time, I said they'd be back. I left it on the chart. They got really far away. I left it on the chart for fun. Here they are two years later. They're coming back. They're not anywhere near there now, but they will complete the unfinished business down at that price. It's just a matter of how and when, and it will be within this bear market phase. Doesn't have to be this month, doesn't have to be next month. Maybe it's in the first quarter of 2023. Either way, they're going to eventually be down in that price level. Put that on a different sticky. So we wrap up the S&P 500. They spiked the low from June. They're either gonna go slightly lower and bounce, or they're going to go several points lower and eventually have a snapback bounce. But we have to look for a sign or signal of a trend change at this stage of the game. The market is too volatile, and we're in that rubber band scenario where it's getting stretched and stretched. And if they decide to break the rubber band, they can go down another hundred handles in a flash if they wanted to. This is not a market where you become what they say in the trading parlots as a gunslinger. You preserve your capital and you become a sniper. We had the short trade that occurred on the lower high scenario around here. We were, in fact, a sniper. Nice ride down. When we find the reason to be on the long side for the snapback operation, we will once again be a sniper. It's not the volume of trades you take. And I'm talking to the lazy swing trader, folks. It's not the volume of trades you take. It's the amount of trades you win, and it's staying away from the guesswork, the losers, the hopium trades. Those of you that have been around a while completely get it. You have patience. Patience pays. If you're here to treat the market as a casino, that's impatient, it doesn't pay, It actually produces losing trades. Don't treat it as a casino. I think we have enough information on the S&P. Let's get over to inside the numbers. We'll start with the early thoughts. We'll scroll up and take a look at the commentary. What I urge you to do is pay attention because I'm going to show you once again, just like yesterday, where that morning trade was. In fact, it was what we call in the trading parlance, a Lollapalooza, in addition to a Whopper. Jordan in the room got it. I believe he's actually still holding a portion of the trade because he's so far in the money, and it's a risk-free, emotionless trade on that trailing portion of the position. We top-ticked the market basically within pennies today. He's holding a short trade, nice trade. He's not the only one. There's other traders in the room, and there are plenty of traders inside the numbers. We're gonna go over that in a few moments. At zero dark 30, they're bouncing the tape in normal garden variety DCB or dead cat bounce turnaround Tuesday fashion. Funny how that works. We see it all the time. That's why I say funny how that works. Let's get down to business of the early numbers. Remember yesterday's target zone beginning at 368.75. Well, today that's one of our important numbers. Above opens the door for a run back to and over. 370, and into no man's land, where there's a lot of empty space between there and the gap above 374. On the flip side, we have some stuff on the downside staying above 364.65. On candle closes, keeps the chop shop alive and well. We have other numbers as the day begins to get underway. This is the stuff at zero dark 30. It's bigger pictureish ish related then we also have, with the ensuing bounce in the tape, finding stocks on the move and trade-worthy is a needle-in-the-haystack situation. That was today. We're in the donut hole before earnings season gets fired up again, and when the market's not really trading down with any kind of volume-slash-velocity in the morning, you're not going to get a lot of stocks on the move. We didn't get that today. So, therefore, we take what Mrs. Market provides— in the way of opportunity each and every day we're not going to circle back to stocks on the move because we had two on the board and neither of them hit their numbers so be it as the morning grew on mrs market got stronger and stronger 370.62 is the official entry price into no man's land unless this is a big time fake out operation it could be a legitimate dcb 370 give or take can be natural resistance slash overhead resistance, as can 370.62, which makes it a zone. You can see how this is unfolding already. If they run the tape, this is the inference from that post. If they run the tape up to and above 370, that's an area where they're likely to have a reaction in the other direction. They're running a test of an important spot. Think of it this way. They know that that's the spot that if they break above, this is the 370.62, if they break above it, that's a gateway for a whole nother leg higher for like forty some odd S and P handles, not all in one bite. And they might not get there today. If they did it, however, it's a gateway. It's important. It's like running to the edge of the cliff and seeing if you can actually jump to the other side, or retreat and go back the other way because you don't have enough gusto you need some more tools slash support. That's a way to think about when they're running to a resistance area. They're running, running, running. They're getting there in a hurry. Running a test is one thing. Getting through it and closing candles above it is an entirely different ball game altogether. But the psychology behind what traders can and can't do under normal conditions is that they see the market running hard up or down in one direction, whatever it is, And for them to take a counter trade, it's very difficult because they don't necessarily, this is normally, this is most people, they don't really have the confidence in the number that should be resistance or support. It's more of a guess for them. Therefore, when the market is running hard, in this case up, they just think it's going to continue and they find it hard to believe that they're actually running to get somewhere, going to run that test. And if they can't stay above, For more than a couple of minutes, they're going to retreat back in the other direction. That's by definition what running a test is. We're moving along. We had a tweet posted early in the morning. Check this one out. If you didn't know by now, I'm on Twitter now. Come see me on Twitter. I'm not posting nonsense. I post things that are interesting once, twice a day, maybe three times a day, something relative to an intraday trade, something relative to cycles. Something in between. It's interesting information. I'm not posting a gif or jif or whatever that is of some guy laughing and doing some slapstick operation. We'll keep that stuff for the other people over in that Twitter verse. There's a hurricane coming. The hurricane's name is Ian. 30 years ago, his cousin Andrew hit Florida pretty hard, Louisiana, the Bahamas, a lot of what's called devastation as a result of Andrew. Now, I'm not saying this is a hurricane cycle per se. I'm just saying I noticed that it was 30 years ago last month. It caught my eye. It's an awareness. I think it's interesting information. And we wish all those in the path of the hurricane nothing but the best hunker down. Remember, 9 o'clock, due to the increase in volatility of late and the amount of points recently traveled, we're still expecting larger swings in both directions. Again, we have to have our awareness during the pregame warm up routine. 918, here's where I'm at. Here comes the morning trade setup. The area just in front of and above 370 is overhead resistance, and they wouldn't blow right on through without some kind of reaction in the other direction. However, you have to always take into account and be aware of both sides. If they conduct a gap-and-go operation, meaning they just keep going, closing candles above 370.62 would be the extra bullish thing. Traders looking for a scalp with potential on the short side may do so in the area of 370 with the understanding of how it's wrong. You always have to have the understanding of how it's wrong. We think better in pictures. This one is self-explanatory. Traders that took the short basically top-ticked the tape within pennies. They came down, tried one bounce over here, and then absolutely fell through the floor. From a day trading perspective, and in the trading parlance, this particular trade right at the opening bell is known as a wet dream. We think better in pictures. And there, my friends, is your morning trade. I'm not gonna bore you with the rest of the commentary. What I am gonna do is scroll up and let you read it. The folks that are interested will read it. They will go back to the charts. They will double check the work. Those that aren't, won't. That is normal garden variety of human behavior. I do urge you to read the notes and double check the work. Why? Because there's valuable information in here every single day. It's the guideline to the market. I like to refer to it as the tour guide. What's going on over in Camp IWM? What you'll notice here today is while they had an interesting day, it was a wide-ranging day. They did make a new low below yesterday's low. But let's also note what they didn't do. They did not make a new low below the low over here. This is the June low. There is relative strength at present against the SPY. They finished positive on the day. Even though they were a lot higher earlier, they still finished above yesterday's close. It's a puzzle piece. It's of note. It's on the table. This is my favorite market-leading indicator, and there was relative strength against the SPY. It's of note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? How about another positive day? Another meaning not in the transports. But another meaning also because the IWM was positive, now we have my second favorite market-leading indicator positive, positive. and guess what? My favorite canary in the coal mine, A number one. Is the market trying to tell us something? Is the market or these particular markets that are leading indicators for me, are they trying to indicate there's a bounce coming? Remember, we're in an on-time type of situation. What about the Q people? Here we go again, another market finished green on the day, at least slightly above yesterday's close. That's a positive takeaway. Above the June low, another positive takeaway. Doesn't mean the trapdoor can't open, but we look at what Mrs. Market is doing now, what feedback she's providing at present, and we take all this data at current face value. And right now, we have three markets that are providing what we'll call leading indications of an ensuing bounce on an on-time type of situation. What about the financials? Well, they did make a new low like the S&P did. Doesn't mean they won't go up, doesn't mean they won't go down. We're just stating the information. They made a new low today, but they did not finish below that low. They finished above that low. And the question is, and this goes for the S&P also, even though... They didn't get to that weekly 200-period moving average over in the S&P world. Did they make a successful test of the former low, and will they bounce away now in a more pronounced dead-cap bounce slash bear market rally type of formation, or do they really need to go down to that weekly 200? It would be much cleaner if they just went to the weekly 200 and just got her done. What's going on in smash-mouth country? Well, guess what? is a number I believe I gave you either yesterday or the video before. Either way, nevertheless, regardless, this market is weak. So when we talk about markets that are leading indications one way or the other, we have to note that the SMH is a good leading indication of the tech space as a whole. And they're making a bearish type of flaggish pattern here down around the lows. They've already breached the June lows not once, but twice. So we've got Smash Mouth in a slightly different position than just about every other market. There is no signal in Smash Mouth of an ensuing sign of strength. Could come out of left field, but we don't see it when we take it at face value. Caveat emptor, Smash Mouth people. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible that is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.